Shorthanded, Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Listen to the fortress, it's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone, here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in, down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Off a three and one homestand, the Vegas Golden Knights have won eight of the last ten at T-Mobile Arena. That's great news. Uh, now the challenge is going out and getting it done on the road as they embark on a four-game roadie. That takes them through Boston, New Jersey, the Rangers, and then to the new rink in the National Hockey League, the newest rink in the National Hockey League, because it actually opened 13 games into the season, uh, UBS Arena on Long Island. Uh, that uh, road trip starts tomorrow night in Boston, and as we bring in Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, did you know that Boston is one of the arenas, the F- TD Garden, almost called it the Fleet Center, uh, TD Garden, is one of the places where the Golden Knights have never recorded a victory. So an opportunity again oh. tomorrow night to to erase a little bit of uh, uh, smudgery on the record and just put it right on another check mark. You gonna call on ghosts or hockey gods? I don't know any many that ghosts expect uh, a team to play well. Well, I didn't. I, I don't know a lot of the ghosts there. Now we do talk okay, about hockey gotcha. gods uh, in the National Hockey League <laughs> a lot. And last night yeah. there was an angel on Chandler Stevenson's shoulder as uh, yeah. his grandma had uh, passed away over the course of the the last week, and he was back home for her funeral and missed Friday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers, returned to score his first-ever four-point game in that victory over the Minnesota Wild, and there was something special happening at T-Mobile Arena for Chandler Stevenson. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you got to kind of look at the guys that I'm playing with um you know it's just uh chemistry with uh Patch and Stoney has uh just kind of been building and building since uh, I joined them so um yeah I think uh just confidence and uh experience and um you know I think that uh it was a special night uh lost my grandma so I think uh she was helping me tonight with that one and never had four points so uh, something needs to be said about that. Good, Dave. Then Chandler Stevenson puts up a big night uh, and an emotional night uh, for him as he arrives uh, back home in Vegas and goes right into the lineup. Uh, something that was not lost on his head coach Pete DeBoer. Yeah, I mean, what a what a what a tribute uh, if you're a hockey player, you know, to. Uh, to a loved one that's passed, uh, you know, and, and when you consider the fact he flew to Western Canada, went to the funeral, flew back, uh, you know, really is is on fumes here and uh, give us a game like that, that's uh, pretty exceptional and uh, I think a great tribute. Chandler Stevenson now has nine goals and 17 assists this season. You add that up and you go, that sounds like a pretty good year. That's, that's in 26 games. He's a point-per-game player, exactly. This season, that sounds even better. Mm-hmm. Leading the Golden Knights yeah. points. That's amazing. He's also following up a career year and is going to smash that. A year ago, it was 35 points in 51 games. He is like, he's on a tear right now. 
and it's come in different ways. And the game on Friday without Chandler Stevenson was not the same as what we see from Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone when he's in the lineup. That that follows when he was producing points at a great pace without them uh, going. So Chandler Stevenson, uh, with the contract, with uh, with everything happening around him, with uh, all the talk about Jack Eichel, has done nothing but support his cause that the criticism of the Golden Knights that he's the number one center is unfounded. And he, he's he's not wrong. He's He's made a lot of people within this area and outside uh, on the national media believers in that. What's really funny is how long it's kind of taken to get here, right? Because when you look at the year Chandler Stevenson's having, it's been phenomenal, but it hasn't really been that far off from what he's done since coming here to the Golden Knights. Now, this year, it's been exceptional. Point of game, he hasn't been a point of game player for the Golden Knights yet, but when you look at 118 games played in the regular season for this franchise, 83 points in 118 games. Chandler Stevenson is producing. Chandler Stevenson, and we've talked about it, brings something to that line and brings something out of Pacioretty and Stone that just simply works. It is a line that can dominate the game in every facet, in every situation. He has been, I would argue this year, this team's MVP. And you know, you look at goaltending early on, especially through the injuries, it was really good. It, it kept the Golden Knights in games. But Chandler Stevenson's production with Pacioretty and Stone and away from Pacioretty and Stone has been the biggest reason why the Golden Knights are where, they're all, where they are right now in the standings. I was a Chandler Stevenson supporter just because of how well Pacioretty and Stone play with him. The, the, yeah. Their production yeah. goes up significantly when they play with him. So I, I'm fine with Chandler Stevenson being the center, even if he doesn't produce uh, points uh, by the bushel. Now he's doing that, mm-hmm. so so it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, I know we're going to get into the Eichel thing. I'd still put Eichel there to start, and and we'll see yeah, where see what, but we'll see where it goes. But it's a great option yeah. B, and what Chandler did without Stone and Pacioretty at the start of this year also shows that he can play with other people. And and put up numbers. Uh, I was on with uh, with Willie Ramirez uh, earlier today. Willie did the research. Chandler's played with eleven different combinations this year, and he's a point per game player. So that that's also uh, gives you great positivity towards what uh, could happen. Whether Eichel plays with the big boys or, or Stevenson plays with the big boys, whatever combination uh, it, it it ends up being. But uh, but the cha- I'm happy for the guy. Like he was he he's a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, but wanted to play a bigger role, and he got here, and it, it wasn't the first choice when he got uh, to Vegas to put him with those two players. That that wasn't the situation, but he got his opportunity, and it worked, and it continues uh, to be the go-to uh, threesome uh, for getting Pacioretty, Stone, and now Stevenson to produce points. It's pretty awesome. Oh, 100%. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm happy for Chandler Stevenson. You, you, you get these opportunities in the NHL, and, and it's so rare, right, to, to kind of 
be defined by a role early on in your career. Be defined as a third or fourth line player and then get to a new organization with a new opportunity in front of you and you fall into a spot with two other players that your skill set just really, really works well with. And you know what? We, you know, we, we've seen it before with the Golden Knights, with William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, and Riley Smith, that was not the top line for the Golden Knights uh, through the first seven or eight games of the inaugural season. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you have a combination that works and chemistry that builds, and you run with it. And you kind of put that trust into players that you expect or think can, can give you more. And all Chandler Stevenson has done since he's become a Vegas Golden Knight is score big goals and give this organization more than anyone, I think, really expected him to. And it's nice to see him get the credit and, and, and what's due to him throughout this season because he's been phenomenal for Vegas. Chapman. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because when we look at the, 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 the move to acquire Chandler Stevenson, like he wasn't an original misfit. But it seems like he kind of exemplifies that misfit spirit, right? It was a fifth-round pick that this organization traded for Chandler Stevenson. And I think a lot of us were like, wow, who who is this guy? Kind of like we were when they drafted some of these guys back at the expansion draft. Who was who this guy? Who was that guy? But he, he he exemplifies that spirit, right? He's kind of a guy that, that... Chip on his shoulder. Yeah, plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's very effective at what he does, and and clearly he's a guy who has really. I mean, look, I I, I said it last night. I think he deserves a lot of consideration to be the, one of this team's representatives at the All Star game. I mean, he is playing at an All Star level. There is no lack of confidence in Chandler Stevenson. I love that. You 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 have to. I think you have to be around a little bit to 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 see that. But he truly, from from his early days as a hockey player, he was a standout in junior. He believes that he can be the same guy that he was in Regina in in the National Hockey League. Now he's getting that chance. He's playing with great players. Uh, Unbelievable talent. But also meshes with those, those guys. Friday night, small sample size. Team wasn't the same. That line wasn't the same. Turned significantly. Last night uh, with Chandler Stevenson scoring the, the, the four assists, distributing the puck. I, his speed changes the way defensemen and goaltenders have to play because of how he can come down the puck, whether it's uh, down the wing taking a shot or, or taking the puck around the net for a wraparound and throwing in uh, low to high. He changes the way you defend and it automatically opens up space uh, for the other two in, in Pacioretty and Stone. Also want to mention, uh, while it's the uh, opportunity to win against the Boston Bruins for the first time in Boston tomorrow night, you know, the power play. What do, what do you think the power play is over the last uh, five or six games? I'm like, going to say 20, 25%. Yeah. So if it's if you're gonna say that, are you not surprised at at all the blowback and how big the story the power play has been over the last week? Um, so okay, post game. And you're not wrong, by the way. They they, they they've got six yeah. power play goals, twenty seven percent in their last six games. So twenty seven percent in their last six games. 
And I wanted to bring this up right. because of the conversation that took place over the course of the weekend and the Friday night post-game show off uh, off the Flyers game yep. and the the disappointment in, in, in the callers there. And yet you're, you should be disappointed that, that the power play could have easily won them, won them the game. But it's it's 27% of the last six games. That's nothing yeah. to just no, sneeze I, at. Well, that's that's why I, I tried my best in the moment to to kind of deflect from the power play and speak specifically to the penalty kill because you know, for the Golden Knights, like I, I think the frustration becomes well, okay, you need to score key power play goals, so mm-hmm. you kind of move the goalposts every single time you talk about why you're frustrated with the power play. Well, first of all, you're not converting. Well, now the Golden Knights are converting at a pretty good clip on the power play uh, at you know just about 27 percent, as you mentioned, Darren. Uh, but now it's not scoring enough impactful goals. It's not winning games. It's not coming through in in a key spot. Um, where where you score a power play goal in this situation, and all of a sudden uh, you you come away with two extra points that you didn't have before against Philadelphia, you wanted a power play goal. You got a power play goal. It wasn't necessarily at the time that you wanted it, but you did get one in that game. Um, but it doesn't have the impact that it would if everything else was kind of working. So um, I I've tried to steer clear of the power play because I'm starting to see things that I like on the power play. Um, still some things that that I'm I'm not stoked about but they're converting and they're getting more dangerous chances and um it was nice for a a, for the golden knights and it was nice in the moment to get a game where the power play helped you win and and i think that's what is what's led to a lot of the frustration is when the golden knights score power play goal they're either ahead by a couple of goals or two or whatever and it's not the type of goal that turns a game on its head. I think that's where fran- where fans are really hoping the power play can come through, not the percentage, but the impact of the goals that are scored. You know, they did a lot of work the other day uh, on the power play, and then at the end of practice, Evgeny Dodonov just sat at the top, uh, bottom of the circle, and took feeds from below the goal line and hammered the puck. Mm-hmm. Like little yeah. one-timers. The move, boom. It, it wasn't Mark Stone feeding him, but it was that type of play. And they converted on it yesterday. It was an exact replication of what Dodonov was working on in practice the other day. Yeah, and I, I think you know getting that goal for Dodonov in that spot with that play is important because that has to become a legitimate option for defenses to defend against, so that you can work those pucks a little bit cleaner over to Max Pacioretty for his shot. Uh, for a while, with, when Pacioretty came back, you could tell the Golden Knights they had one idea on the power play. Put the puck on the stick of Max Pacioretty and let him mm-hmm. do his damage. Now that you're getting some some chances and some looks from other parts of the zone, other players, Dodonov in the bumper, that's going to open things up a little bit more for Pacioretty and should make your power play more dangerous. Yeah, and it helps out Mark Stone from a distribution standpoint. And the way, even on the, mm-hmm. the goal, goal that he scored yesterday, Dodonov, he started way up high. They won the faceoff, moved it around, yeah. but he started way up high and then slid down and and hammered at home. So just a couple of points there uh, on, on where they are. Uh, the power play over the last six games, despite all the noise around it, is producing. And now mm-hmm. you want it to end yesterday. It produced in key times. The first power play yesterday wasn't the best. I And I hate early power plays in games because I, it, it throws yeah. everything out of sorts. It, you're never going to decline it, but it's like, oh. If you're ever going to take a penalty, by the way, in a game, 
take it in the first three minutes because nobody wants the the, the power play to, to 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 go out there and, and and make it work. But then they 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 found their rhythm uh, with it the the rest of the game, so it was fun. Let's uh let's get to some some feedback on the Friday Sunday double bill. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Chapman, I want you to rate both Friday and Sunday in back-to-back uh, votes. Okay. Well, Friday was a stinker. Um, the team just, I don't i don't know what happened, but uh, it wasn't good. So I'm going to go jalapeno. It wasn't the worst game they've played all season. I don't think it was good by any stretch. So I'll go jalapeno. Now, last night, they they responded pretty well. Um, I was debating what to give this on the drive home last night while it was still fresh in my mind. You were thinking about it on the drive home last night? Yeah, yeah, it was fresh in my mind, and I, and I was going back and forth uh, between Ghost Pepper and Carolina Reaper. But were you debating with yourself? Yes, like, I was, yeah. yes, yeah. And, what does that sound like in your head? Uh, remember remember that monkey that plays the cymbals? The little toy? Yeah, yeah okay. okay. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, the little monkey that plays the cymbals. Um, Did you talk out loud? No, no, I, 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 I don't. But uh, I, I, I was going back and forth between Ghost Pepper and Carolina Reaper. But you know, there was something about that game. I just never really felt like they were going to lose the game, no matter how many times Minnesota seemed to come back. I like the fact that they killed the five on three, and then they they get the air quote penalty on Zach Whitecloud. I know you think it was a penalty, but. Uh, I thought they withstood some really bad officiating. Emotions could have gotten the best of this team last night. <laughs> it was the, the officiating was inconsistent because yesterday. I, I, like I said, there was a there was a moment, and I asked Mark Stone about it, and, and you know, good on him. He didn't take the bait uh, about the Hartman hit on him near the boards, where Hartman was on top of Nick Haig and got up, and he kind of went low, went low on on Stone, and then Pacioretty scores the goal. Uh, but what did, I, what did Stone say about that? He, he didn't say anything about it. He just said, look, we don't need to say Because I asked him, what do you say to the team when the emotions oh, okay. could yeah. boil over? And he didn't mention anything about the hit, but he just said, look, I don't have to say anything because, you know, basically we, we're our, um, uh, a good team, and, and sometimes we don't we don't need to let that stuff get to us. Okay, but so what's your... Uh... I, I go Carolina Reaper. I thought, I thought it was a really good game. I thought it, it was worthy of a five out of five, so Carolina Reaper. Nice. Ch- uh, Chapman goes uh, a two and a four. No, five. Uh, oh, you went five? Yes, Carolina Reapers a five. I just assumed that you were going to go four. I'm well. sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> a two and a five. <laughs> Chapman with extremes today. Wallace. It was a long, winding road to get there, it was, Chapman. It was. Um, okay. So That's Philadelphia why I thought game, he was going like, four. I, because, because he put so yeah. many like, little caveats no, in no, there. No, no, and I'm trying not to talk myself... Down. Anyway. I still don't really know why you rated it a five, but that's fine. Um, Okay. So, Philadelphia game, I'm going right in the middle, Habanero. I I liked the Golden Knights five-on-five play. Obviously, special teams cost you a game in that one so for me it's it's pretty cut and dry it was if you if you play that entire game five on five the golden knights are are probably coming out of it with uh with a ghost pepper or above but it wasn't to be Mm -hmm. you look at the game last night against minnesota uh it was a no doubter and and as ridiculous as that sounds because i know that it was close it was one goal game until Alex, alex petrangelo puts the puck in an empty net I'm with Chris. Like At no point in time did I think the Golden Knights were going to lose that game. I thought it was inevitable that they were going to win. You have a special teams um, 
key moment on the penalty kill and special teams key moments on the power play. Five-on-five play was good. Kirill Kaprizov was human last night, and the Golden Knights made him so. It's a Carolina Reaper. It's not particularly close either. Uh, Impressive. Uh, What's the puppies say? Oh, they're saying Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper, okay. Because there's all of the Carolina Reapers. It sounded like they they disagree with you a a little bit. Uh, No, no, no. Someone's trying to, like, I think, Someone, someone might be breaking in right now. I don't oh, know. We'll that's see. okay. As long as you finish your segment, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. I'm going jalapeno uh, for Friday night. The 44 shots on goal make you want to go a little bit higher, but uh, just wasn't sharp enough. So a two out of five there, and I'll go uh, the, uh, the top of the mountain. Uh, so a clean sweep for yesterday's win. Uh, five out of five uh, from all three of us for the win against the Minnesota Wild, which, by the way, was a close game and back and forth and nobody led by more than one until the empty net goal. And both teams had opportunities uh, to lead that game Vegas more often. Uh, so it, it, it was a lot closer than I would think that would generate a clean sweep, but yeah, it just had that feel about it that, uh, that Vegas was going to find uh, a way and it wasn't going to be a grind game. They were just going to put their foot down when they, when they needed to put their foot down. So here's a, here's a question. And I'm, I'm, gonna guess darren you don't know the answer but you know how they five. do that, that you know how they do oh, that promotion okay where if the golden knights score two goals in a period everybody gets tacos yeah, yeah yeah does everybody get three pairs of tacos now because they scored two goals in each period last night uh no i think that's probably a one night uh ah, one period thing because i was gonna go to, i was gonna roll up the taco bell tonight and be like hey golden knights scored six last night i think i get some free tacos so you won't go just because you only get two tacos well, no, I, I I may stop on my way home, but I don't think they give it to me anyway. But you know, you you know what uh, my all time line is: free is better than cheap. Yes, I, I I. Why does that not surprise me that that's and, one of your lines? And that uh, that gives you two free tacos. It does give so, me two free tacos. So don't yeah. uh, don't look a gift horse. <laughs> uh, and and the my other line is: why pay retail? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Always look for the deal. Uh, so we have uh, we have some one timers coming up. I want to get to that. There's a lot uh, happening in and around the National Hockey League. Do we dare go down the John Tortorella? Yeah, we should. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna limit this to six minutes, okay? Because there is a lot going on uh, in one timers, <laughs> and and if I if I don't put a just a, a cap on it. We'll, we'll never get to one-timers. But John Tortorella says that he does not like the Trevor Zegers goal. Uh, that's like that's mm-hmm. like asking a black lab if it's hungry. Like, you know the answer <laughs> before you ask the question. So the fact yeah. that it's caused a lot of stir uh, and, and, and some, some debate around the hockey world I think is a little misleading, but I'll open it up for you guys to have your, uh, have your say. Okay. So um, as far as this goes for me, uh, I don't understand. Okay. Let me restart. I understand why John Tortorella as a coach might have strong feelings about that goal. I I I do. I get it. Um, Flash, what have you. I understand based on, you know, certain things, you want to manage the puck. You want to take care of things. You want to play to the percentages. I get all that. However, hockey is a game of low percentage plays. 
Literally, it is a game of low percentage plays. Your best shooting percentage sometimes in a year is 12%. Like every single play, more often than not, is a pretty low percentage play, play that you're going to score. I, I, My issue with Tortorella's comments aren't so much that he has a problem with the goal. It's two things. The idea that after a player helps you win a game, by trying something fun and unique and out of the box that utilizes his skill set as a creative hockey player, the, the idea that you in your mind would have to have a conversation with him after the game as if he was in trouble for something, as if he did something wrong trying to help his team win because it's flashy, that's ridiculous. And then the other issue that I have with it is about an honest game. I don't understand that. There's nothing dishonest about the play that Trevor Zegers makes. I get that, you know, in, in some crazy situation, that puck could have gone a little bit too far. It could have come back to bite the ducks in the butt, perhaps. But I, I don't look at that as any different than trying to find uh, a seam through if, if Zegers comes away from the, the back of the net and tries to find a seam and then misses on the pass and it goes back for a two-on-one. It's still somebody trying to make a play. I don't understand it being dishonest, and I certainly don't understand that you would want to have a conversation with a player and stifle creativity even when it helps you win. I don't get it. I don't know if I could have said it any better. I mean, at the end of the day, the Ducks scored a goal. The Ducks won the game, and I'm not I'm not so sure it's a low percentage play because I think Zegers is intelligent enough of a player. Like Ryan said, he's a very creative player. And I think he saw that Milano had an opening. Otherwise, I'm not so sure he does it because it kind of looked like he hesitated a little bit. But it worked. They've scored the goal. And that's the object of the game, to score goals. Like Ryan said, there's a lot of low percentage. Look, I mean, there's a lot of times teams have open nets, the goalie's pulled, and they don't score. Even with the, the open net, they'll ice it a bunch of times. They'll miss the open net. I mean, that's kind of even a low percentage play if you think about it. And you're icing the puck. You're giving the other team an opportunity to get a face-off in, in their zone. But, you know, it's... it's Which is I, why coaches would rather you get to center ice. Yeah, I, I understand that aspect of it as well. But I just think that it, this is a new generation of players. And I've always liked flash. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's in the NFL or if it's in basketball or the NHL. I like guys who have style. I like guys who have substance. And it's just a, it's it's a new generation of players. These guys are going to get more creative. They grew up playing video yeah. games where they were able to do great crazy moves like this. Remember, they've all got skills, coaches. Yeah. So so like I'm I'm totally on board with it. I want to see more of it. And I look I I like John Tortorella. I think he's a he's a brilliant coach. I think he's off on this one. And the honesty thing. Are you guys surprised? I mean, I mean, are you guys surprised that he, that he said that he didn't like it? No. No. No, so why, not why at do all. you guys get why do you guys get let yourself get worked up? It's not worked up. I mean, we're having a Because discussion. it's a terrible take. It's an absolutely terrible take. Well, he's a coach and coaches That's look at things I, no, I get very it. very differently than than we as media and we as fans. Look, what was the commentary yesterday? Hey, that that game, that was an awesome game. Not sure the coaches are going to like it, but that was an awesome game. It was sure. wildly entertaining. So, it's just we we sometimes uh, I think we have to really take a step back and go, yeah, it's a low percentage play because nobody's ever done it before. So yeah, it is a low percentage play. And uh, if it goes wrong, 
what happens. That's what Tortorella is thinking about it. Now, I'm with you guys. I liked it. I think it's amazing. And I think the the the, the feedback from it, the reaction to it, has been very much positive around the National Hockey League outside of John Tortorella and a couple of others that I've just had conversations with. It's been very, very positive, way more positive than it would have been 10 years ago. So we're, we're making big strides. It's Don't get caught up in torts not liking it. He's entitled to his opinion. Instead, give a stick tap to everybody else who's enjoying it. And, and I think that it, that it has been received well uh, across the board. That's fair. But the fact of the matter is John Tortorella's word does carry a lot of weight. And it, it's it's commentary coming out. And it's it's the the point of that talk show is to get people talking. Yeah, Rick right? DiPietro and, was on the show the big... and Ray Ferrer was on the show. They both love it. Mm-hmm. And all anybody talks about is Torts not liking it instead of two guys loving no. it. Well, that's that's kind of what the the whole purpose of it of of it is, though, right? Like people watch those those morning shows on ESPN, and mm-hmm. you know it's full of bad takes, and that's kind of what we take away from it. It's almost and most times those takes are just to incite. Yeah, opinion. like and I don't think Torch isn't doing that. Yeah, I don't think he was being contrarian just to take the opposite approach. I think he yeah. genuinely believes that, and that's fine. I just don't like the idea that I'm going to talk to. I would talk to my player. After the game, look, did my player score the goal? Yeah, that's all that matters. Did we win the game? Yeah, that's all that matters. And the dishonest or the it's not an honest play, I mean, is a flea flicker an honest play? I mean, come on. If there's an easier way to do it, do it. I think that's what, what Torts is saying. Is there is there a, a less risky, easier way to do it? Think about it next time. Uh, do you guys ever see Major League? Of course. One of my favorite movies. All right. Yeah. One of the great scenes out of Major League plays out right here. John Tortorella's the coach, and Trevor Zegers uh, comes back to the bench, and and I see Wesley Snipes, Willie Mays Hayes, coming back to the bench, and he sees <laughs> James Gammon, uh, Lou Brown, and and what's the line? It's it's uh, Sweet Lou saying, "Nice catch." Don't ever do it again. <laughs> John Tortorella said, nice pass. Don't ever do it again. Uh, it's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We have one-timers uh, coming up next. But before we go, we have a couple of tickets to give away to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is coming your way just before Christmas. Not the last game. It's the 21st, right, uh, that the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning will be here. First game after the road trip. The Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning at T-Mobile Arena. We will give away two tickets to caller number 16 on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 702-876-1340. Caller number 16, you are going to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning on us. Give us a call now. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. December 6th was when the Vancouver Canucks made the big change. Jim Benning and Travis Green were let go of the organization. They hired the coach before the general manager. 
as Bruce Boudreaux took over. They are now 4-0 and since uh, Boudreaux uh, stepped behind the bench. And Jim Rutherford has rolled into Vancouver, held his first media availability today. And uh, he said a lot of interesting things, as Jim does tend to do. One of them was he initially turned the Aquilini offer down because he wasn't feeling well and he knew that they were up against it. And uh, and uh, the time that uh, he said that he would give them an answer had come. So he said, just just move on. The Aquilini's waited. But they did say, we're thinking about hiring Bruce Boudreaux as the coach. If you come on, would you work with him? And he said, yeah. They've actually talked about it uh, in, in the past before. And uh, so that is a good relationship. It kind of explains why the coach was hired before the manager announcement. So there's some backstory there, which makes a lot of sense. Rutherford also went on to say that he's going to take his time in hiring a manager because he wants to be president of hockey operations. And that's going to uh, be a process. And he's not in a hurry to make a trade, which for Jimmy means different things than others. Because Jimmy (laughs) loves making trades. So him not being in a hurry is probably, for anybody else, being in a hurry. Let's just put that out mm-hmm. there. Uh, but he said that uh, he's already had calls before he even got to Vancouver uh, about dealing uh, with the Canucks. Uh, people saying, I like this player, I like that player. Don't forget me. Give me a call if you decide to move somebody. Uh, but for right now, he's not going to make a trade. They are 4-0. The 4-0 record, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, is fantastic. First coach in Vancouver Canuck history to start with four straight wins with Bruce Boudreaux. But three of those teams that Vancouver has beat played the night before. There's a caveat there. And one of them, uh, Thatcher Demko, is lights out. But that doesn't take away. And I'm happy for Bruce. And, uh, and I love Jimmy. So there's, uh, there's the story on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, finding some solid ground with Jim Rutherford as the president of hockey operations. And uh, for right now, the new general manager. So a couple things. Um, you're spot on. Uh, I think that Jim Rutherford is is probably going to make a trade before most other general managers uh, in the league this year. Um, that all being said, it, it might not be the trade you're expecting uh, because this team might uh, might just go on a little bit of a run here. They're already on a run 4-0. Who knows what the future holds for the Vancouver Canucks, but I think it's important that Jim Rutherford be patient in understanding and assessing what this team is what the potential and, and what you can get out of them with Bruce Boudreaux and then, you know, see where the chips fall in, in a couple of weeks or, or maybe a month or so. Nice Patterson scored last night. It was a beauty goal, so see if they get him going too. Uh, they beat the Carolina Hurricanes, who today announced that three members of the organization, Sebastian Ajo, Seth Jarvis, and a staff member are in COVID protocol and have to remain in Vancouver until they are cleared from protocol. That's a little different. Mm-hmm. Haven't had, uh, we, we've actually had some players left behind as a team moves on in a road trip, but it's ended up being mm-hmm. false positives. We'll see if that's the case here. Uh, hopefully it is. Uh, we have one more pair of tickets to give away for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights. That's coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Anton Hudobin of the Dallas Stars is the latest goaltender to uh, run afoul of the organization in the sense of he's uh, not uh, going to be with the organization. Ben Bishop played last week in an American Hockey League game, mm-hmm. uh, lost 8-4 in his first game in a couple of years uh, since the bubble, in fact, uh, in Edmonton. Uh, he's got the knee problems. Uh, he tried it. It's not going to work. His career is over, 11 years in the National Hockey League. 
Big Ben. Uh, so he is on LTIR, and now Anton Hudobin just hasn't played as well as the other two, Jake Ottinger and Braden Holpe, and the hero from their Stanley Cup run, uh, which went through Vegas in the bubble, is now on the outs. He has been put on waivers. Do you think somebody claims Anton Hudobin? <sighs> okay. Um, $3.33 million that's hefty. for yeah, one more year hefty. beyond this. Oh, man. I Hold on. It's, it's hefty. And first of all, it, it came... It came as a surprise only because of you know what Anton Hudobin did, but like if you're paying attention to the Dallas Stars this year and their goaltenders, it's it's Holtby and Ottinger. Like that is that is really what it, it it's become for um, the Dallas Stars. But you know, there's I mean I keep coming back to the same teams. Like the Edmonton Oilers need goaltending, and every every moment every game that Mike Smith continues to miss and you're kind of relying on Miko Koskinen and Stuart Skinner to, to carry the mail I think is, is kind of a, a missed opportunity to maybe grab more standings points so could Hudobin work in Edmonton at least in the interim perhaps so um, I'm going to say maybe I'm going to say maybe he gets claimed and if he does I would love it to be the Edmonton Oilers because they need a goalie they do uh, there was a goaltender picked up on waivers today. The Florida Panthers uh, claimed Jonas Johansson. So that's mm. uh, that's interesting from the uh, Colorado Avalanche people. Yeah. Uh, $3.3 million, one more a year. You you know what he can do. I thought it was weird that they gave him three years. But. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I tough to go all the way back. We well, didn't to- go home. I, to, to that part, but uh, I was I questioned that at the time. I also questioned Brayden Holby, and that's worked out. So um, I'm I'm between on that one. Blake Wheeler is out uh, weeks weeks with the Winnipeg Jets uh, with a knee injury. Boy, is that gonna uh, hurt that hockey club? The Kyle Connor has been great, and uh, we know what Mark Shirley can do. But uh, losing your your captain like that, everybody's available or uh, aware in in this market. What uh, what the damage can do to losing a frontline player? Uh, that's going to be a big challenge for that hockey club. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be tough for the Winnipeg Jets, but it's it's another one of those situations where I think you know you, you go through adversity and and you you hope to come out the other side a better hockey club, a better hockey team, and you're going to have to rely on some guys to step in and fill some roles and get you through for a couple of weeks. We also have news uh, out of the Calgary Flames where there's been uh, a COVID situation where six players are, have been put into COVID protocol and their games are on hold through Thursday. And uh, that's going to change things because they were supposed to be, Calgary Flames, supposed to be playing the Chicago Blackhawks in the lone game tonight. No games tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and the Calgary Flames. So hopefully the, that turns. This is, this is happening a little bit more. And... Uh, it's starting to disrupt teams uh, more often. We've we've seen some changes in in the schedule last little bit. The, the new variant is out, um, and that's going to impact uh, what they do with the uh, Olympics and where players are. The players, I think, are still going to go uh, yeah. to the, the the National Hockey League participation. I think it would take something really dramatic and, and a big surge in cases which would affect not just uh, Olympic participation, but would threaten 
maybe a, a pause in the National Hockey League schedule. I think it would take something significant to that for players not to go. Now, there might be a handful of guys elect not to participate on their own, but I think NHL mm-hmm. participation as a whole will go forward. Yeah, it's, it's you know, for me, I, I'm having a hard time making a read on this because it, it feels like when – you know, with the news today with Calgary Flames and you're seeing a little bit more COVID cases coming through here in the NHL, it, it kind of makes me hold my breath because, you know, it it can go in a, in it can go in a, in a direction that you don't want it to go in really really quickly. And the more games you have to postpone or reschedule, uh, the more you're looking at that three week window as being one that might be needed for the league. So. Um, ultimately, though, I, I think Gary Bettman's made his stance pretty clear. It's up to the players. If the players want to go, they're going to go. I knew we weren't going to get through everything today. Two more pairs, of, or one more pair of tickets. Uh, one more pair of tickets to see the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights on December 21st. Yeah! First game. First game back from the uh, road trip, uh, and that is uh, coming your way. If you are caller number 7 to 702-876-1340, caller number 7, Get you into T-Mobile Arena to see the Golden Knights and the two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Catching up with Chapman is next. All right, a very short catching up with Chapman today as we are up against the clock. But a big shout-out and congratulations to the UNLV women's volleyball team as they win the National yeah. Women's Volleyball Invitational Tournament. It's the first time the school has ever won it. They beat Valparaiso in straight sets and kind of cool. They won every single game on the road because they were bumped out of the Cox Pavilion because the rodeo was in town. So uh, job well done, ladies. Congratulations as a UNLV alum. Makes me very proud today. Love my indoor volleyball. Not a sport I'm good at. I'm kind of short, so. You'd be a setter. Yeah, I can't jump either. Setter, not center. Oh, setter. Oh, like Irish setter? No, just like the setter. Oh, that's the one who wears a different color jersey, right? No, it's a different rule than that, Oh, okay. We don't have time to get into no, it. And no, I'm we not don't. sticking around after the show to talk to you about it. <laughs> Tomorrow, 3 o'clock pregame show ahead of the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights. Afternoon hockey on Fox Sports Las Vegas.